This is the broadcast voice of Marshall University. WMUL-FM, Huntington, West Virginia. And now, News Center 88 at 5, the area source for the most complete news coverage from across the campus of Marshall University and the Huntington Tri-State area. And now, the News Center 88 team. Good evening, everyone. For this Friday, September 29th, 2023, I'm Samantha Riddle. And I'm Victoria Wilburn. Coming up this evening on News Center 88, Trump looks to set up a California primary victory with a personal pitch to Republican activists, all on your only daily source for Marshall Broadcast News. Michaela Wheeler will be in with the Metro Huntington Weather Forecast, and Sean Kelly will be in with the FM 88 Sports Report. The current temperature outside is a partly cloudy 80 degrees. And now on to our top story. The United Auto Workers Union expanded its strike against Detroit automakers, ordering 7,000 more workers to walk off the job in Illinois and Michigan. The move announced today is supposed to put more pressure on the companies to improve their offers. It may it marked the second time the union has widened the out the walkout, which started two weeks ago at three assembly plants. The most recent additions are a Ford plant in Chicago, a General Motors assembly factory near Lansing. United President Sean Fan told workers in a video appearance that the strikes were escalated because Ford and GM refused, quote, to make meaningful progress, unquote, in contract talks. A grand jury in Las Vegas has indicted one of the last living witnesses to the 1996 killing of Tupac Shakur in the rapper's death. Dwayne Kef D. Davis was charged today with murder. Davis is the uncle of the suspected shooter and has long been linked to the case. He has admitted publicly that he was in the car with his nephew when Shakur was killed in a drive-by shooting near the Las Vegas Strip. The nephew was fatally shot two years later in California. Las Vegas police searched Davis's home in mid-July. Donald Trump is set to make a personal pitch to California Republicans in a bid to solidify his support in a GOP presidential contest as he dominated for months. The leading GOP White House hopeful is scheduled to give a speech this afternoon at a state Republican Party convention near Disneyland. Party activists also will hear from several Trump rivals for the GOP nomination, including Florida Governor Ron DeSantis and South Carolina Senate Senator Tom Scott. Trump's visit to the heavy, heavily Democratic state comes two days after he skipped the second GOP debate and instead held a campaign event in Michigan. Head Start programs serving more than 10,000 disadvantaged children would immediately lose federal funding if the government shut down its isn't averted. Those 10 programs are located in Alabama, Connecticut, Florida, Georgia, Massachusetts, and South Carolina. They serve just a fraction of the 820,000 children enrolled in the program at any given time. Officials say they are in trouble because their grants start on Sunday, just as the shutdown would begin, though some may be able to remain open for a few more weeks. Programs whose grants don't start on that date will continue getting money, but if the shutdown drags on, the number of affected programs will grow as more grants come up for renewal. The Navy will begin randomly testing its special operations forces for steroids and other performance-enhancing drugs beginning in November. It's a groundbreaking step that the military leaders have long resisted. 
Rear Admiral, I'm sorry, Rear Admiral Keith Davis, the commander of the Navy Special Welfare Command, announced the new program today in a message to his force. He says it is necessary to protect their health, safety, and military readiness. A driving factor in the announcement was the death of a Navy SEAL candidate early this early last year. It has been in the works for months. Coming up, Homecoming Week is wrapping up here on Marshall's campus. That and more news from across the Tri-State when News Center 88 returns right after this. Do Mondays have you fill in the blues? Don't worry, WMULFM has got you covered. Oh, smokes that lightning shining just like gold. But don't you hear me cry? We've got all your favorite rhythm and blues artists covering every style, from the Mississippi Delta to that unique Chicago sound. When you're feeling blue, we are too. Catch the blues with us every Monday from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Right here on 88.1 WMUL-FM, The Cutting Edge. Welcome back to News Center 88, voted best spot news reporting by the Virginia's Associated Press. I'm Samantha Riddle. I'm Victoria Wilburn. As we wrap up Homecoming Week, reporter Luke Hamilton has a look at WMUL's annual homecoming event. Back together and The sound of screaming, sledgehammers, and excitement filled the air on Homecoming Week on Buzzkirk Field as WMUL held its 21st annual car bash. Participants bashed the car for two minutes while getting a chance to let out a wide variety of emotions and relieve stress. Uh, yeah, there, there are a lot of demons pent up in there. No, but I got a good bit out. I think I could have done better than that, but I got the hammer stuck in the door multiple times. I felt good about that. Uh, just the blonde rage. <laughs> a lot of college stress, man. I had a little anxiety before I went out there, but once I started swinging... Yeah, I just wanted to go out there and have fun, really. It was nice. The bash was a breathtaking experience, as all the worries and pieces of the car were left on the field. Well, I saw it this morning as I was walking to class. I was like, man, I got to get in on that. I had something very unfortunate happen to me over the weekend, and I haven't been able to get it off my mind. And I'll tell you what, that helped. It really did. I figured it would. I didn't think that I would go as hard as I did. I'm so out of breath. With the two front doors hanging on by its hinges, a student returned for round two without his previous bashing partner for a rematch with the driver's side door. I felt really good. I went in that as my second time. I went in my first time, got a little distracted by who I was with. That time went in, really locked in on the hinges. And it came off pretty, you know, it was a bit of a buzzer beater at the moment, but it felt good to take it off. The doors were not the only detached parts of the car. Two Marshall students partnered up for a two-minute workout, chipping away at the hood. Yeah, so the, the guys before us had pulled the hood back, and I saw the weakness points, and I started hitting the weak points, and it, it broke. I was kind of hitting the one corner of it, 
and I saw that it was like the corner was kind of folding in. Then I saw Junior over here. He got his side off, and I was like, Junior, just come over here and start hitting this side. Next thing I know, the hood's off the car. The car was adorned with spray paint and the colors of Old Dominion. The theme perfectly captured the buzz surrounding Marshall's homecoming football game, coming just a week after the sold-out victory against Virginia Tech. By the time the car's design was unrecognizable, Marshall's president, Brad D. Smith, and student body president, Walker Tatum, stopped by to check out the remains. I think that Car Bash is a really amazing opportunity for students to be able to come out and show their school spirit, especially it being during homecoming week. It's really nice to have it, especially the time of day and the day that we have it. This gives an opportunity for students to come out and be involved in somewhat of a homecoming activity, but at the same time, take out maybe any frustration or anger that they may have towards whatever it may be. Homecoming is always an amazing time here on the Marshall campus. Our students are the lifeblood of the campus, and you can see how excited they are this week. They're taking some of their frustrations out as they're bashing this amazing vehicle, but we're excited to welcome ODU to the campus, and we're ready to show the world what the herd is made of. After 21 years of successful bashing, Marshall students prepare for the remainder of the fall semester and the tail end of homecoming week. But I'm definitely coming back next year for sure. For News Center 88, I'm Luke Hamilton. Thanks, Luke. If you're wanting to see the Jeep Liberty and all of its destruction, it'll be on display during this evening's homecoming parade at 6 p.m. Sorry, Kentucky State Police says crews have found two bodies while searching a heavy wooded area for a downed plane. The plane went down during a severe storm with an instructor, instructor and a student pilot aboard. Trooper Corey King says the bodies were found yesterday morning after a debris field was located by a drone. Ohio County Sheriff Adam Wright says the plane was reported missing late Wednesday when it lost communication with an airport control tower. He says the instructor and the student pilot were flying from Bowling Green to Owensboro when they lost contact with the control tower during the storm. Coming up next... Michigan teen shooter eligible for life prison sentence for killing four students, judge rules. That and more news from around the nation when Center, New Center 88 returns. Stay with us. Wondering what to do on a dull day? Well, I get kind of tired of hearing that same old music. MUL's got real variety From jazz and blues to rock and progressive 88.1's the place to be I'm at WMUL Marshall University Welcome back to New Center 88 Voted Best Radio News Reporting by the Society of Professional Journalism's Mark of Excellence Awards. I'm Samantha Riddle. And I'm Victoria Wilburn. Another Powerball drawing, another chance at a jackpot that is inching toward a billion dollars. The estimated $960 million prize up for grabs Saturday night is the world's ninth largest lottery jackpot. That's behind earlier Powerball and Mega Millions prizes that all topped a billion dollars. The prize has grown so large because there have been 30 consecutive drawings without a big winner. That streak is due to the game's long odds. The $960 million prize is for a sole winner who chooses an annuity with annual payments over 30 years. Winners 
almost always take the cash option. For Saturday's drawing, that would be over $441 million. A potent rush hour rainstorm has swamped the New York metropolitan area. The Dulge Friday shut down swaths of the subway system, flooded some streets and highways, and delayed flights into LaGarda Airport. New York Governor Kathy Hochul says it is a dangerous storm with up to five inches of rain falling in some areas overnight and as much as seven inches more expected. Traffic was at a standstill Friday morning on the stretch of the FDR Drive, a major attorney along the east side of Manhattan. The flooding had risen above cars, tires, and some drivers abandoned their vehicles. City officials say no storm-related deaths or critical injuries were reported as of midday. Gates will be locked and thousands of rangers will be furloughed from national park sites if Congress doesn't reach a budget agreement. But Arizona and Utah officials say they'll make sure visitors can still enjoy the dramatic depths of the Grand Canyon and the soaring red cliffs of Zion Valley if a cutoff comes Sunday. The park's economic impact is so huge that Arizona's Democratic governor and Utah's Republican governor will invest to keep Grand Canyon, Zion, Arches, Bryce Canyon, Capitol Reef, and Canyonlands National Parks open. South Dakota says it will pay to keep Mount Rushmore and Badlands accessible. Lawmakers prohibit, prohibit probing the cause of last month's deadly Maui wildfire did not get many answers during yesterday's con- congressional hearing on the role the electrical grid played during played in the di- disaster. I'm so sorry. Hawaii's top public utility officials and the head of Hawaiian Electric testified. Hawaiian Electric President Shafley Kimura promised to provide the committee with more details about the timeline that day, including when the power stopped flowing through the downed power lines. The Lahana fire killed at least 87 people and destroyed more than 2,000 buildings. It erupted on August 8th when strong winds appeared to cause a Hawaiian Electric power line to fall, igniting dry bush and a grass near a large subdivision. A teenager who killed four students at Michigan's Oxford High School is eligible for life in prison without parole. Judge Kwame Rowe announced the decision today over video conference. The judge heard testimony in July and August from experts who gave different opinions about Ethan Crumbly's mental health. First-degree murder carries an automatic life sentence for adults in Michigan, but the shooter was 15 at the time in 2021. The judge had the option of saying a no-parole sentence would be disproportionate. The teen is scheduled to be sentenced on December 8th. Coming up next, McCarthy's last-ditch plan to keep the government open collapses, making a shutdown almost certain. Your daily political update when News Center 88 returns right after this. So there's this guy in your office and he just finished rehab and you don't know how to act around him. Okay, here's a few tips. Don't call him a loser. Do call him Larry, unless his name is John, then call him John. Don't remove the glue from the company envelopes, he's not going to snip them. Do expect him to meet all his deadlines and don't be surprised when he doesn't. Oh, hey, don't make fun of his addiction. You can, however, make fun of his 
80s haircut. For more tips on how to support a recovering user, or if you'd like to become one, call 1-800-662-HELP. Welcome back to News Center 88. I'm Samantha Riddle. And I'm Victoria Wilburn. Tributes are pouring in for Diane Feinstein, the trailblazing California senator who has died at 90. President Biden called her, quote, a true trailblazer, unquote. Former presidents Barack Obama and Bill Clinton said the same. Opening the Senate today, Majority Leader Chuck Schumer announced that, quote, earlier this morning we lost a giant in the Senate. Unquote. She was an advocate for liberal priorities, but was also known as a pragmatic lawmaker, lawmaker who reached out to Republicans. She had been in failing health for months, but refused growing requests to retire. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy's last-ditch plan to keep the government temporarily open has collapsed. Today's vote, a day before the deadline, makes a government shutdown almost certain. The vote was 180. 98 to 232, with the 21 hard-right Republicans voting to sink the package. The White House and Democrats called the Republican package, with its steep spending cuts of up to 30% too extreme. The bill included several border security provisions demanded by the hard-right flank. The bill would have kept government operations open through October 31st. The Senate is working with on its own bipartisan plan that is widely supported by both parties to continue funding at current levels. The Senate plan is headed for votes this weekend. The Supreme Court has agreed to decide whether state laws seeking to regulate Facebook, TikTok, X, and other social media platforms violate the Constitution. The justices will review laws enacted by Republican-dominated legislatures and signed by Republican governors in Florida and Texas. Both laws aim to prevent the social media companies from censoring users based on their viewpoints. Tech industry group NetChoice says online services have a First Amendment right, unquote, to host, curate, and share content as they see fit, end quote. The court's announcement today comes as the justices grapple with how laws written at the dawn of the digital age or earlier apply online. The court's new term starts Monday. Fall vaccination season is in full swing with health health officials urging both an updated COVID-19 shot and flu vaccine for almost everyone. The new COVID-19 shots may be getting a little easier for adults to find amid a messy rollout, as insurers tell the government they're resolving some barriers, but doses for children under 12 still are frustratingly scarce, although officials say they've started shipping. New this year are vaccines for older adults and women in late pregnancy to guard against other viruses named RSV. An inflation gauge closely tracked by the Federal Reserve rose in August, boosted mainly by higher gas prices. But measures of underlying inflation slowed in the latest sign that overall price pressures are still moderating. A 10% monthly spike in prices at the gas pump drove the increase, excluding volatile food and gas prices. Core inflation rose by the smallest amount in nearly three years, evidence that inflation pressures continue to ease. Fed officials pay particular attention to core prices, which are considered a better gauge of where inflation might be headed. Last month's modest rise in core inflation could raise the likelihood that the Fed will leave interest rates unchanged at its next meeting October 31st through November 1st. 
And coming up next, Michaela Wheeler will have a complete look at your Metro Huntington weather forecast, and Sean Kelly will be in with the FM 88 Sports Report. Stay with us. I want my Broadcast voice of Marshall University, WMUL FM. Not all superheroes wear capes. Most wear jeans or sweaters or suits, just like ordinary people, because that's what they are. They are the 1.2 million members of Rotary, men and women whose superpowers are the capacity to care and the desire to make the world better. So the next time you need a superhero, don't look in the sky, look in the mirror. Learn more at rotary.org. Rotary, humanity in motion. Welcome back to News Center 88. I'm Michaela Wheeler, and now it's time for your Metro Huntington weather forecast. It's a partly cloudy 80 degrees out today. Tonight will bottom out around 57, making for a nice evening after a horridly humid weather we experienced today while cleaning up after WMUL's 21st annual car bash. Looking toward the weekend, it's nothing but sunny skies and highs near 80. A beautiful weekend for herd homecoming, but a hot start to spooky season. Today in weather history, on this day in 1927, an outbreak of tornadoes from Oklahoma to Indiana caused 81 deaths and $25 million damage. A tornado cut an eight-mile-long path across St. Louis, Missouri to Granite City, Illinois, killing 79 persons. The damage path at times was a mile and a quarter in width. The storm followed a similar path to tornadoes which struck in 1871, 1896, and 1959. Thank you to weather4u.com for that information. Currently outside the WMUL studios, it's a partly cloudy 80 degrees. That's your Metro Huntington weather forecast. For New Center 88, I'm Michaela Wheeler. Thanks, Michaela. Now, Sean Kelly joins us with the FM 88 Sports Report. Thanks, guys. Excuse me. In Marshall Athletics news, Marshall Volleyball defeated the Georgia State Panthers on the road yesterday evening by a score of three sets to one. Set one saw the herd take an early four-point lead that it would not relinquish for the rest of the set. Even with the two sides trading responses and Georgia State cutting the lead to a single point at 23-22, to a kill by freshman Sarah Wadsworth and a Georgia State attack error sealed Marshall's set one victory. In set two, it was Marshall playing catch-up, as the Panthers took an early 9-5 lead that grew, to, that grew to as much as seven points in set two. The Herd answered back with a 7-1 run to maintain a one-point deficit with kills by Parrish, junior Bryn Brown, and sophomore Beatrice Cicerelli. However, Georgia State tied the game at set one at one set apiece with a 25-20 set two victory. Sets three and four played out in similar fashion, with the Herd taking an, taking an early lead in both sets and only trailing once the rest of the match. Lady Montag recorded a season-high 16 kills yesterday, while on the other end, two Panthers registered double-digit kills with freshman Aliyah Mitchell tying Montag's high, and Richard sophomore Izzy Durnell with 13 kills. The Herd have now won five of its last six games as of Thursday since it began the Southern Utah-Utah Tech Invitational, 
now with a record of 10-7 and overall, and now 10-8 and since this afternoon's loss against Georgia State. Meanwhile, the Panthers fell to 3-11 and on Thursday, bouncing back this afternoon with a five-set win over Marshall in Game 2 of the series from Atlanta. In other Marshall Athletics news, on September 11th and September 12th, the Marshall women's golf team competed for the Jennifer Duke Invitational. FM88 Sports' Ben Westfall has more. On Monday, September 11th, and Tuesday, September 12th, the Marshall women's golf team traveled to Cincinnati, Ohio, to compete in the Jennifer Duke Invitational, an event hosted by Cincinnati University. The tournament spanning two days consisted of three rounds. Head coach Brooke Burkhammer had to give her girls some encouragement after round one. After our first day, I told the girls, looking back at our scores, how we started the tournament and how we finished the day. I think that was holding us back. And so I kind of challenged them. Going into that final round, hey, we need to have a goal of some sort to like par our first hole and par our last hole. In the tournament, Marshall had three girls finish in the top 20 overall. Olivia Cochin finished seventh. Emily McGlatchy finished 12th, and Casey McElfain finished 17th. Coach Burkhammer was happy but not surprised by their performance. They're just so steady. You know, Olivia's been really steady for us. You know, she's just so consistent. Emily's the same way. You know, Emily's steady. You know, Emily's consistent. Casey comes in, and I can see her being the same way and being a huge help for us, somebody that we can really rely on. Golfer Olivia Cochin, who finished at the top individually for the herd, expressed her joy for herself and for the team. It was really fun. It was awesome. I think that might be one of my top finishes, but I was happy. I was excited. I was more excited for the team than myself. Marshall would finish second overall in the Invitational, only behind Western Kentucky. Marshall is in a little break before their next competition in Indianapolis, Indiana, on October 2nd and October 3rd for the Butler Fall Invitational. Coach Burkhammer knows what her team needs to do heading into the Invitational. We've had some time to practice, you know, had some time to work on our games. A few of the girls have seen the golf course before. It's really kind of like the golf course we were just at. Bent grass, bent greens. It's mostly about finding the fairways, being able to two-putt as much as we can, but mostly just trying to take the same consistency that we just had and just keep carrying on through the semester. The Herd will look to expand on their good start in Indianapolis on October 2nd. For FM88 Sports, I am Ben Westfall. Thanks, Ben. Women's golf will resume play after a near-month-long hiatus, beginning with the Butler Fall Invitational this coming Monday. Now for some news from around the sports world. In NFL news, Cleveland Browns quarterback Deshaun Watson is listed as questionable for Sunday's game against the rival Baltimore Ravens because of a shoulder injury. Coach Kevin Stefanski says he's, quote, hopeful, unquote, hope Watson, Watson excuse me, will be healthy enough to play. Stefanski also says Watson, quote, knows how to take care of his body, unquote. Fifth-round draft pick Dorian Thompson-Robinson would start if Watson can't go. Watson is coming off of his best game since signing with the Browns last year. He completed 27 of 33 passes for 289 yards and two touchdowns in a 27-3 win over Tennessee. Finally, in MLB news, Shohei Otani's soaring popularity was even more evident when it, come to, when it came to jersey sales. Otani has the best-selling jersey in, in Major League Baseball this season, the first time a Japanese player finished in the top spot. The league and the Players Association released its top 20 list on Friday, with rankings based on sales of Nike jerseys since opening day on MLBShop.com. The Los Angeles Angels' two-way star beat out Atlanta's Ronald Acuna Jr., Aaron Judge of the New York Yankees, San Diego's, Fer San Diego's Fernando Tatis Jr., and Mookie Betts of the Los Angeles Dodgers. That'll do it for the FM88 Sports Report. For FM88 Sports, I'm Sean Kelly. 
Thanks, Sean. Coming up, truck gets wedged in New York after driver ignored. Stay with us to find out more right after this on New Center 88. At the Institute for Better Radio, we're always looking for ways to improve your listening experience on 88.1 WMUL. By using trained monkeys, we try out new innovations here before bringing them to you, our listener. For instance, how does no commercial sound? Smashing! How about a wide music variety? Outstanding! Because we're not money-driven, we can bring you better radio here on 88.1 WMUL. Now, back to the lab. It's important that healthcare providers, including doctors and nurses, either wash their hands with soap and water or use an alcohol-based hand sanitizer both before and after they touch you. Healthcare providers know to practice hand hygiene, but sometimes they forget. You and your loved ones can play a role by asking and reminding healthcare providers to wash their hands, especially while they're caring for you. They don't mind being asked to wash their hands. They want to prevent infections as much as you do. A message from the CDC. And finally, today on New Center 88, a driver who took an 18-wheel tractor trailer inside a tunnel between Manhattan and Brooklyn despite height restriction warnings got wedged in. The Metropolitan Transportation Authority says the truck driver entered the Hugh L. Carey Tunnel going toward Brooklyn around 10 a.m. and made it a little more than halfway before getting stuck. Parts of the truck and trailer had to be removed with cutting equipment so that it could be towed out. It made it out of the tunnel around noon. The driver was issued several summonses. And that does it for this edition of New Center 88. Stay, tune in Monday at 5 for the most complete news from the Marshall University and the Tri-State area. And remember to check us out on the World Wide Web at marshall.edu slash WMUL. For Victoria Wilburn, Michaela Wheeler, Sean Kelly, Luke Hamilton, Ben Westfall, and the entire New Center 88 team, I'm Samantha Riddle, and your thought of the day is what you do today can improve all your tomorrows. Ralph Marstone.